Well, hello, fans of Bible and genetics. This is Dr. C introducing you to a new topic for today's episode. We're going to be discussing the table of nations. This is a special chapter in the Bible in Genesis chapter 10, where it claims to explain where all the people in the world came from, starting with Noah and his three sons and 16 groups of people that descend from them where they went in the world. Now, can we do that really truly? Is this possible? Can it be like all 7 billion of us actually go back to the Middle East just 4,500 years ago? Well, that's an interesting question, isn't it? I believe so, but there's a lot of things that we have to talk about before we can get there. What I'm going to try to do is unpack the table of nations a little bit. I'm going to try to not make everybody mad at me, but I'm imagining a lot of people are going to be frustrated, disappointed, exasperated, because I'm going to challenge some sacred cows. You see, the Table of Nations is a document written in the ancient past, but it's also a limited document. It's something that we cannot use as a guide for everyone in the world because it doesn't describe everyone in the world. It only describes people within a few hundred miles of a central point somewhere around Israel. Everything else beyond that is terra incognita. We don't know what's out there. We don't know where those people came from. Now, yeah, they all came from Noah, but we don't know how. There are additional questions about the Table of Nations as far as when it was written. If this was written, you know, post-Babylonian exile or Babylonian exile, then it's completely spurious because there's no way that these people groups around at that time came from these people groups from back in the time of Noah. But if it was written early, if it was written right after the flood, right after the Tower of Babel, even a hundred or two hundred years later, then we can do this and we can actually treat it as a historical document. And so this is critical. There's a lot of biblical arguments about this passage. Now, most scholars would not treat this as something historical. Okay, I understand that, but I think it is historical. And I think it gives us some genetic clues. Later on, I'm going to be talking about some other you know, future episodes. We're going to be linking people alive today with people who are dead in graves. And we're going to see if the people in one spot match the people buried in that same spot. And very often, it's not true. But as far as the table is concerned, it gives us an early window into dispersion of people across the planet from a Middle Eastern location. If you're unfamiliar with this passage, I want to encourage you to go and read Genesis chapter 10. Genesis chapter 11 is another very interesting passage. This deals with a line from Noah to Abraham, father to son for 10 generations. It is fascinating, and it deals with long lifespans and how long people live. That will be another subject for another day also. How do you get people living for hundreds of years? But for now, we have to deal with Noah, his three sons, and the 16 groups of people who descend from Noah. If you look really carefully, I mentioned this in, in what you're about to hear, but I want you to also pay attention when you read it for yourself. Look for the ending, I am, at the end of words. That is plural in Hebrew. Like you might have heard the word Elohim. Elohim is plural. There are multiple names in this list that are plural. In other words, they're not the name of a person, but of a people group. And so if we're talking about a people group, like you know, all the people who got to this country, you know what? That doesn't mean that every single individual in that country, at that time even, was a descendant of the person from whom they named after because you get migration. We see that all over the place in Scripture. I mean, the biblical characters are moving all over into different cultures. They're marrying people in different cultures. You know, Abraham is sending his sons off, the, the sons that he had in his old age with his third wife, Keturah. He sends them off to Arabia. All sorts of examples like that tell us that human history is complicated, fascinating, 
fun to study, but we really have to take the 10,000 foot view. We have to step way back and maybe we have to give up on some of the older ideas, ideas that I know I've had in the past. I know a lot of people that I know have similar ideas, but this is going to be one little push in a certain direction. I'm not trying to pillory people and I'm not trying to um, cause problems necessarily, but this is the table as I see it as a historical document with very limited scope. That does not mean that the people in the world today don't come from Noah because the Bible specifically says from Shem, Ham, and Japheth, from these three, all the people of the earth were descended. That is very clear that we all come from Shem, Ham, and Japheth. But that does not mean the Europeans come from Japheth. Oh, just wait till we get to the ancient DNA of Europe. And we're going to see mass migrations into that continent at different periods with people that are more different than Europeans are from Chinese people today. Oh yeah, and these people groups lived side by side in Europe for a long time and then slowly merged together to become what we call now Europeans. But that's another story for another day. For now, I'm going to give you uh, this episode of Biblical Genetics. This is me in Tucson, Arizona, uh, in the desert. Uh, by the way, we are up and going here. We have the podcast running. We've got the, um, the Facebook page going. We have... Uh, of course, the YouTube channel going. This is all focused around biblical genetics. If you really enjoy this, go to biblicalgenetics.com. Click on some of the links that I'm providing because a lot of these things give more information, uh, some videos, some audio, um, but mostly links back to creation.com because there is a vast body of literature behind what I'm saying and we have documented it and we're continuing to document. I would love for you to engage. Just click you know, like, thumbs up, share, or make a comment on something. Man, I really, really enjoy the comments. My Buy Me A Coffee app is working. I've already had a couple of people make small donations, and those donations are very much appreciated. Thank you so much for spending time with me. Thank you for uh, just being willing to let me talk and rant a little bit on some of these fun topics. I'm going to turn you over now to what I think is a fascinating, very short talk that I call Deconstructing the Table of Nations. Hello and welcome to Biblical Genetics. I'm your host, Dr. C, coming at you today from right on the edge of the Saguaro National Park near Tucson, Arizona. I chose a desert setting on purpose. Most people, when they think desert, they think lifeless, they think empty. And while it's true, a lot of deserts, you know, they're hard to find living things. The more you look, the more you find. And around here, there's amazing things. There's tons of cactuses and there's, there's mesquite trees and there's jackrabbits and there's scorpions and snakes and a lot of fun things to study but you have to look for them. See, I want to use that as an illustration to talk about human history and the mystery of early human history, which is basically a desert. We don't know much about the earliest stages of humanity colonizing this planet. Most of human history left behind no written records. Most human civilizations didn't really tell too much accurately about their neighbors. In fact, you look at the Egyptians, they don't talk about their enemies. They don't name them. So, that's really hard to take Egyptian history and put it into the history of everybody else. But that's true in, in, um, in Europe, most of Europe, there's nothing there. We got some graves, we got some pots and things like that. But no one said, you know, John Jones was here and I had, I'm the father of Fred Jones or something like that. Those sorts of information streams don't exist. So history is ghostly. And most of history is devoid of actionable information. 
And civilization even is not ubiquitous. So we have some mysterious centuries from Noah's flood until civilization first start, starts getting nailed down and we start getting some good solid information. We can start actually building some real history. And it's in that mysterious time period where all the interesting things happen in genetics. I would like to bring up a subject. This is Genesis chapter 10. It's been called the Table of Nations. It's the description of Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their 16 grandsons, and where the 16 grandsons went after the Tower of Babel event. Only, they're not 16 grandsons. They're 16 people groups. Some of them are named I am at the end, Im, like the Kazluhim. That's just a name of a group of people. It's not the name of a grandson of Noah. So essentially, the author of the Table of Nations sat down one day and he tried to build an ethnology of all the people that he was familiar with. And it's only within a few hundred miles of the central point, which is you know somewhere around Israel. It only gets as far west as Crete. Crete was settled by a branch of Ham. Oh, that's interesting. So when people assume that Ham went to Africa, that's not true. Ham settled all over Arabia, all over the Middle East, and Crete. In fact, the Japhethites, they settled, okay, eastward as far as maybe Iran, a little bit northward, but they were in the Middle East also. And the Semites, they were in the Middle East too. Only a couple of descendants of Ham actually went to Africa. This is in Egypt and Ethiopia. We are not told where the Sub-Saharan Africans come from. We're not told where the Europeans come from. We're not told where the Chinese or even the, in, the people from the uh, nation of India. We're not told where these people come from in the Table of Nations. I do believe they came from, yes, I'm going to say it, it might be shocking to some of you secularists out there. I do believe they came from the people that came off of Noah's Ark. But I also don't believe the Bible completely describes every single people group on earth, which means we're free to explore lots and lots of ideas and theories. So if the genetic data tells us that Neanderthals were first, and it looks like Neanderthals may have branched off from the ham line, you know what? That's okay with me. And if a new group of people came in who weren't necessarily Japhethites, I don't know what they were, and then maybe later on, uh, the, the people who finally became Europeans arrive in Europe, maybe even a thousand years later, it's okay. I want to dispel something else also. Now, you people outside America, you may or may not be familiar with this, but a lot of Americans have heard this, and it is actually theologically completely spurious. It is not true that Africans have dark skin because they were cursed by Noah. At one point in time, Noah's son Ham saw him naked and laughed at him. And Noah cursed him because of it, but he actually cursed Canaan, Ham's son. The Canaanites did not live in Africa. In fact, they lived in Canaan land. We now call that Israel and Palestine, depending upon where you are and what country you come from. But the Canaanites didn't live in Africa. They weren't black. There is no such thing as a curse on Ham. Please get it out of your minds. It is actually a racist idea that has no basis in scripture, and it needs to be removed from our subconscious. It's simply not true. So for those of you looking at these things, I want to encourage you to look again. There's a lot of fascinating little tidbits in history, amazing things that are happening and we're, as we're exploring the world of genetics and ancient DNA, and we're looking at how they compare to the words in scripture. I believe the words of Scripture are inspired. The Bible claims to be the Word of God. It claims to be real history, and I do believe that is true. I do believe there are ten generations of men between Adam and Noah, and ten generations of men between Noah and Abraham. That is history. Now, how do we explain all the peoples in the world? Carefully. Because remember, history is mysterious, and most people who lived in history are ghosts. Archaeologically, linguistically, genetically, we don't actually know 
who they were, where they lived, what they did, what they thought. We don't know anything about them. And so we have all these thousands upon thousands of people living on the grasslands of Central Asia and leaving hardly any trace behind. In the same way, the Bedouin people of the Middle East, they've lived in, in areas for many, 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 many generations and left hardly a trace behind. So when we look at DNA today, we might not be able to trace back this DNA archaeologically necessarily. Anyway, I'm just trying to throw some big ideas at you. I'm trying to get you to think and chew and expand your mind a little bit so we don't get stuck in these little uh, to, parochial, that's not the right word. I don't want to insult anybody. It's um, like the first time I read the Bible, I said, oh, this is how it worked. And a little while I said, no, that doesn't work. That, that was actually kind of naive of me. I need to think more. And the more and more and more I thought, the more I talked to other people, and the more we, I argued and discussed and, and, and threw ideas around, the more I realized that the Bible is not static and simple. It's actually nuanced and huge. And the ideas in there are wonderful. And one of the hugest, biggest, most wonderful ideas in the Bible is that all people alive today descend from Adam. Therefore, Christ could step in as our representative. That'll be more about that in the future. Again, more gospel-oriented uh, gospel issues dealing with genetics. They're coming. You just got to wait a little bit. I love doing this. I'm going to come back soon with another episode on another topic of my choosing. You got to wait and see. But this is Dr. C signing off from the desert of Tucson, Arizona. Have a great time until we meet again. Thank you for your support. Please spend some time on our website on biblicalgenetics.com and follow some of those links. Most of those go to creation.com, my employer. Please go and look at our other videos. Maybe subscribe to our podcast or subscribe to our videos. We need your support. We need your thumbs up. We need your shares. We need your likes especially. Because in this world, a lot of thumbs down, well, YouTube doesn't like that. A lot of thumbs up, YouTube really likes that. So if you like this sort of information, give us one of those.